Hello, baseball and general life fans. Likely Mad as Hell is brought to you by the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Check out more great podcasts on foreverdogpodcasts.com. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. All right, now let's play ball. Hits one in the air into left center field. Back at the wall and is gone. Tie game. Pace hit right field. Here comes Forsythe. Throw by Reddick. Is not in time. Struck him out and the Astros win it. Seven to six. Oh boy. Oh boy, is this going to be a dinger of an episode of Likely Mad as Hell. I'm Rhea Butcher, and that was Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. I'm going to say it every time because I'm so stoked they let us use that song. Oh man, so it is right now, 12.49 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am currently in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure I'm trying to search my brain to remember the exact point at which I came back into this game. Oh, it was tied in the bottom of the ninth. I saw it go into extras. I saw the Springer two-run dinger. That's got a nice sound to it, doesn't it? So the reason that this is so late and the reason why I'm not going to be able to give you like a full play-by-play of this game of the World Series is because I was filming a set for... The Two Dope Queens HBO special that's coming out in February, which I'm pretty excited about. That's why I'm not physically at the World Series. Otherwise, I would have been crawling to get in there. So I'm really excited about that. Those two gals are great. You should listen to that podcast if you haven't already. And tune in in February. So on to the World Series. This might be a short episode, but we'll see. So I'm trying to gather all the facts here. Good pitcher's duel, again. Seager hits a two-run homer, right? Jock hits a home run. Ball bounces off of Taylor's hat, saves him two runs. Some weird freak stuff. Eight home runs, most home runs in a World Series game ever. It's crazy. This is what I love. We've been around long enough, we're breaking all these crazy records. I really think the key to the game here is taking Rich Hill out after four innings. I played fantasy baseball this season. It was the first time I played it. I was really looking forward to it. I got way too into it, for sure. You can probably relate. A pitcher that I picked up really early, because I didn't necessarily draft super great, but I ended up winning, so it didn't matter. The I picked up Rich Hill early on in the season when he was still dealing with blisters. So in the, in the early season, I was really just frustrated with Rich Hill. But to follow his season path. I had him, I was playing him when he threw that perfect game. (sighs) I hope this isn't the perfect game all over again. It could be. If you're a Dodgers fan, I don't know. Scary. Pulling Rich Hill after four innings of work, from what I can tell, pretty superb work. I just, you got to respect Rich Hill. And I don't think Dave Roberts did tonight. That's not four innings. I I am a firm believer these days in the postseason. You got to win the game you're playing. Not the game tomorrow. Not the game in two weeks. You won game one. That's it. 
you gotta you gotta win game two. Leave your pitcher in. Leave him in. Leave him in. Dave Roberts has completely exposed his bullpen now. They're not a secret. They've the Astros have literally seen their entire bullpen. Oh yeah, Jason Verlander only gave up or Justin, excuse me. Justin Verlander only gave up two two hits, both home runs. Producer Brett is giving me some stats so I can record this right now. He's telling me Kenley looked vulnerable. That makes sense. He shouldn't be in there for six outs in game two. That's way too early. Game four, sure. When you're up 3-1, when you're up 3-0 in the series, maybe. Houston's offense came alive in game two on the road. Now we're going to Houston for three games. If they win three games, they win the World Series. This was not a great chess move by Dave Roberts. He's got a lot He's got a lot to pull up. I'm sure you can hear my voice that I'm not happy about this. <laughs> I know I'm trying to be as metered as possible. Look, the Astros started hitting again. Best offense in baseball is hitting again. You shut them down completely in the first game. Benefits here for the Dodgers. You got you Darvish starting. He was an American League pitcher. He's seen the Astros. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the box score trying to figure this thing out. Oh, boy. I mean, if that ball thrown into the outfield actually goes into the outfield and doesn't hit the umpire, Kike goes to third, Taylor's got a different feeling at bat, maybe they walk off this game. I don't know. We'll never know because it didn't happen. Brett kept texting me, this is a game of inches. Yes, absolutely. See, now this is how... This is why I love baseball. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Back and forth. Just a wrestling match. Okay, I'm going to take a break from talking about the game for a second. I hope you got a chance to listen to the bonus episode um, because I got to go into the MLB.com offices today and check that out. Pretty effing cool, I got to (laughs) say. As a kid who grew up on baseball, oh my goodness, I never thought that would happen. So I got to do like a quick little video for the MLB.com. Hope I didn't seem totally out of my mind. I was certainly out of my mind. Um, I flew all day yesterday. My flight was delayed for two hours and I didn't get into New York until 11 p.m. You guys know this. I told you yesterday. Then last night in my hotel, which is in Brooklyn, I was going to sleep at about 1.30, which is only 11.30 my, my time back in Los Angeles. And all of a sudden... Over my headboard, I hear somebody, like, what sounds like a hacksaw sawing a piece of, like, sheet metal. Not sheet metal, it's too thick. Like, tin or something. What I was imagining in my mind was, I used to, uh, I went to college for printmaking, and my printmaking teacher used to get, like, she would essentially get trash and reuse it, because the school's budget was so small, of course. Which, by the way, my alma mater had to cut the baseball team. Because they were running out of cash until LeBron James literally gave them a loan. <laughs> and Agrinu actually produced some base, some professional baseball players, so great. Anyway, she used to essentially get like trash from places and she got, um, the actual like metal printing sheets that are used for like newspapers and stuff. That's how they're printed. And she used to cover all the tables with it so that the tables would last longer. That's what it sounded like. Very, very thin sheet of metal with a hack, hacksaw. Right over my head. I started pounding on the doors, and then I called down to the front office. And they said they would do something about it. Then it went away. 
So clearly they knew what it was. Then it took me a while to fall asleep. I finally fall asleep. Then at 8 a.m., I wake up to somebody drilling something. And I call down to the front office. They say they'll do something about it. So I I get dressed. I get ready to go to the MLB.com offices. I'll go back to that. More exciting. But I just thought I would tell you the story. I go down to the front desk, and they're like, there's nothing we can do about that. If the city of New York is doing construction, we can't stop them. And I said, at 1.30 in the morning? And they literally didn't answer me. They had no answer for me. (laughs) I talked to many people, and many people are either shocked or also like, it's New York. Deal with it. Come on. This is no way to live. Why? 1.30 in the morning? It was also internal. They were trying to pass it off like it was outside of the building or something. It was inside the building. No one needs that. The city that never sleeps. Take a nap. So anyway, I finally make it over to the MLB.com offices. Can't catch a cab. Can't get over there. Finally get over there. It's inside of the Chelsea market. It has its own elevator with MLB.com on it, with AtBat on it. Also, by the way, the Chelsea market is like outfitted with a bunch of Halloween decorations. It's almost like they made a little like a uh, haunted house or something. <laughs> and so there's a ton of people in there, of course, and they're all like looking at all these decorations, but they also put up throughout hanging from the ceiling motion sensor, motion activated Halloween stuff. So it was just constantly going off. Why would you put motion sensor decorations in the ceiling of the Chelsea market? Okay. Unless you want to drive every single employee out of their goddamn mind. I I guess they did. Try to find some food in there. Man, is it difficult sometimes as a vegetarian to try to find some food at a market. It's all, there were 10 butchers in that place and none of them was me. So anyway, I didn't get to see any of this. So I'm all, I'm, I'm just pulling from my own brain and trying to piece it together. Pulling Rich Hill after four innings of work is just, I would say it's borderline insulting. The man threw a perfect game in under 100 pitches. Now, you're going to get mad at me and say he didn't throw a perfect game because he lost. Up until that home run, he was throwing a perfect game. Well, not a perfect game. He's thrown a, a, a no-hitter. He threw a perfect game through nine under 100 pitches. That's insane. But because the Dodgers couldn't give him any runs, he didn't win the game. And that's the heartbreak of baseball. It truly is. But at the same time, you got to respect what your pitcher was doing. You know? I mean, that's my firm belief. Your pitcher throws a perfect game. You can't... You can't... You You lose the game. Pitcher doesn't lose that game. He's out there long enough to give up a home run. That's ridiculous. And then this was essentially the inverted, an inverted perfect game. It's game two. What was Dave Roberts thinking? What is he saving them for? The parade? That's bad. You can't do that. They ran out of pitchers. They ran out of pitchers. You just, it's game two. That felt like game seven from last year. Michael Martinez pitching for the Dodgers, essentially. (laughs) But hey, I got to give credit where credit's due. Carlos Correa and uh, Jose Altuve. I believe that's the first double play unit 
to go back to back in the World Series. This World Series is going to be a hell of a ride. I'm real curious to see. My my thoughts were this, and and so now I'm wrong. So all my predictions, I mean, my my game total might be correct. But my predictions were wrong. So I thought the Dodgers would win the first two because I thought Rich Hill would be locked in, and it looked like he was. But apparently he wasn't locked in to the game, <laughs> which I, I'm going to be mad about this for a while. I thought the Dodgers would win the first two at home, go to Houston, maybe maybe take the first one or the second one. Houston would take two out of those three. We come back to Dodger Stadium. That could still happen. But now they have to take one. You know? It's almost like nothing matters now. But the Astros' bats have woken up. And that's not good for them. The Especially now. Because they have three games they can win. They don't have to go back to Dodger Stadium. Most combined home runs in a World Series game ever. Puig hit a home run. I would like to take one moment to talk about the way that sportscasters, and white sportscasters specifically, talk about Yasiel Puig. If you can't hear the dog whistles that these guys, Ron Darling did it, I don't know who's doing it tonight because I just know that I just saw the chatter. I'm personally really tired of hearing the phrase, play the game the right way. There's no right way to play the game. Fundamentals, sure. That's one right way to play the game. That has nothing to do with personality. Yasiel Puig, I read a tweet the other day that he drove past a Little League game and got out and started playing with them. Ben Zobris does the same stuff. People play video, show videos of him doing that. Yasiel Puig does it nothing. He just gets reprimanded for his, his zaniness or whatever. If he was a white player, it would be a completely different story. I don't think people would be all up in arms about the way he's playing. This is a, a this is a serious issue to me in baseball specifically. The percentage of black African American players in the MLB right now is like less than seven percent, and it's declining. The Dodgers don't even have a black a black slash African American player on their lineup right now. Granderson's in the clubhouse. Puig is from Cuba. He's Afro-Latina. Afro-Latino. That doesn't stop the dog whistles, of course. But, you know. I mean, the Astros have one black player. There's two black players in the World Series. It's Jackie Robinson's game. That's a big big thing we're going to need to talk about next season, I think. And in the offseason. During the All-Star game, there was a pretty pretty great interview with uh, essentially the league's black players, young black players, and it was six dudes. I remember it was Chris Archer and Adam Jones. I can't remember the other four guys. It was a while ago. I didn't write it down, but I just remember it. And I've learned over actually from a Gary Sheffield interview in GQ recently, which 
you should totally check out. It was it was out recently. It's also on my Twitter feed if you scroll back a ways. It's a really great interview with a player who played for a bunch of teams. Changed my perspective on Gary Sheffield. I grew up watching him. Loved Gary Sheffield. Did always think it was weird that he bounced around a lot. But from his perspective, it allowed him to like experience the game in a different way. And I think he got like a bad rap for that. But it's almost like how, I don't know, people expect you to have one job for the rest of your life. It, it doesn't happen like that anymore. He played well for every team that he played for. So who cares, <laughs> you know? But he also talked about how the game is changing in that Scouts don't go to players. Players come to scouts. There's travel teams. There's all these intensives. So what is the entrance for that? You have to pay a fee to be on a travel team. You have to buy the equipment to be on the travel team. They're not going to just high schools anymore. Where guys are playing for their high school and, and talented and maybe at a, you know, at a, a black high school in a segregated area of the country that happens to be, you know, have less money. So they don't have the best equipment or whatever, but they're a good player. They're not getting scouted. And it's showing in the game. The game is losing black players at uh, an alarming clip. So baseball is going to need to do something about it if they want to keep hoisting up Jackie's 42 Every April, honestly, his legacy is not being honored this way properly. He would not be happy about this. I genuinely believe he would be speaking out against it if he was still here. If he was still with us. So anyway, the way that broadcasters speak about Puig is disheartening at best. <laughs> it's not great. And I would challenge you to, if you disagree with me, or if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I would challenge you to listen for it. If you're a human being who's open to those kinds of things, if you want to understand, if you want to try to change things in your own lives, change things in other lives, if you're a white person who's like, I don't know what you're talking about, try to know what I'm talking about. It's important. If you pay attention during this baseball game and you hear these things and you start to understand it and you see, oh, this isn't happening for the white players. During the NLCS when Puig slid head first when they already had like an eight-run lead and he, he sort of messed up his shoulder, Ron Darling was going over and over again. They, were, they kept showing this clip of Justin Turner getting in Puig's ear over his shoulder in the dugout after that. And they kept trying to interpret or infer what Justin Turner was saying. And they kept thinking he was saying, don't do stuff like that. You don't need to do, don't play like that. There's no way Justin Turner was saying that to Puig. Justin Turner wears Puig's custom wild horse shirts for his foundation. Justin Turner is on board with Puig. On board. If anything, he was saying, don't get hurt. We need to win. That's it. That doesn't mean don't play like you. That just means... Don't get hurt. And that's a thing to say to your teammate, whoever they are. But this game is essentially, or this series is basically rebooted. It's all, it's starting all over again. This is great for the Houston Astros to go back with this momentum. They're going to be stoked. It's going to be crazy in Houston. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild in Houston. 
happy for Houston. Happy for the people of Houston. Curious to see what the Dodgers do. Curious to see what they can do behind Darvish. Problem is, Wood is lurking right behind you, Darvish. Not great. If Darvish loses, then we are in not great Bob territory for the Dodgers. If Darvish loses, Houston's going to be pretty stoked. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got to go back to the MLB offices thing. I am so sorry. If you were on the edge of your seat for specifically that information, sorry about it. I got all distracted telling you about the Halloween decorations. I'm so sorry. So I went up to the office. I went into the MLB.com offices. I did this little interview. I felt like I was out of my mind. Did I already tell you guys this? I feel like I'm completely out of my mind. I'm delirious. They did, they took me on a little, uh, a little tour. It was pretty cool. I gotta say. I hope you listened to the bonus episode with, uh, Crystal Peterson, who works for MLB.com. That was pretty cool getting to talk to her. She's a big baseball movie fan, which is really interesting. She was talking about how, like, baseball movies are such a specifically American thing because she's from Australia and it's sort of, like, imported down there. Fascinating. So check that out. I hope you listened to it. And if you liked it, I hope you liked it. <laughs> if you liked it, I hope you liked it. Great. That makes sense. I got to see one of the replay rooms, you guys. It's a lot of screens. There are a lot of servers in that building. That's a lot of information. <laughs> I hope I can go back during the regular season and just see like a wall of baseball. There's a wall of hockey going because the MLB, it's called MLB Analytics something. And anyways, it's called BAM. And they created the at-bat app and it's essentially changed the game and every other major league sporting league is using their technology. Everything's running off of that. So the NHL app is the app ad app, basically. So there's a big wall of hockey. And I guess that, you know, there's just umpires sitting in that replay room. And they kind of get heads up during the game. They'll let them know, like, oh, we think this is going to be reviewed, you know. Fascinating, right? Just crazy. Then I took a lift back to get back here. I literally haven't even, like, eaten. This is crazy. This is a weird, weird trip. Everything's all over the place. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to think of what else. I wish I could give you more specifics about this game. I didn't get to see a lot of it. I saw enough, though. I'll put it that way. I saw enough. Well, I'm sorry this is a short one. I really do apologize. I wish I could give you more analysis, but I'm going to be back in town. I'm going to be watching the game on Friday. I'm going to be taking notes. It's going to get real serious, real fast. And there is a bonus episode, so it's kind of like a full episode, kind of like a full 40. So Friday, I'm going to have some guests before the game. I think we're going to have a bonus episode then. I'm not sure. But boy, oh boy. Dave Roberts made some mistakes. As a baseball fan, as a Dodgers fan, because I'm just admitting that I am, bad. If you're a Houston fan, you should be stoked right now. <laughs> you, I, I feel like you have a considerable edge right now. I consider 
every game from here on out to be must win. Well, thanks you guys for listening. Again, I'm sorry that this one is so short. I had a crazy day, but I hope you, if you didn't listen to the bonus episode, listen to that and it will feel like a full 40-ish. Thanks again to Forever Dog, to Farrell, and to Jason Isbell on the 400 unit. Big shout out to my wife who went to the game tonight and probably had multiple heart attacks. I miss you, and I will see you very soon. All right, here we go to Houston. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.